I appreciate the young people from Commonwealth Baptist and the ensemble. Very good. I appreciate the song. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 14. I'll be there in just a few minutes after the introduction and we'll look at more than one passage in the book of Exodus. I want to preach tonight on this subject, Living on God's Promises. Now that sounds really exciting and it sounds very spiritual. That's a tough thing to do. I'm going to preach tonight and I believe the sermon can be of help. I want to ask college students, I want to ask unmarried couples, everyone, pay close attention as I preach on the subject, Living on God's Promises. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. I hunger to be a blessing. I believe this truth can be. I believe it will be. If we'll receive it, if we'll listen to it, if we'll reason it in our minds and hearts, in Jesus' name, I pray. The Bible says, faith is not just the key that opens the door to salvation. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And our faith, the object of our faith is Jesus Christ. Faith does not save, but Jesus saves. Faith is the door. Faith is uh, uh, the key that opens the door uh, to salvation. But faith is not only the key that opens the door to salvation. Faith is a way of life to the child of God. Look at verse number 17 of what he says here. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Every time you see the words, as it is written, it's talking about written in the Old Testament. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let me give you three statements right here. First of all, you and I are called to live a life of faith in the promises of God. We're called to live. We're not just saved by faith, by grace through faith. Uh, faith is a way of life. Faith is believing that God's word is enough to act upon it. It's not just enough to know. God's word is enough to act. It controls our behavior in life. Second of all, we live life by the promises of God. We live life by the promises of God. Those promises are based on the person of God and they're based on the authority of God's word. Now it's real easy to tell somebody to live by faith. Sounds real spiritual to make the statement, I'm living by faith in the promises of God. That's not an easy task to do, as we'll see in the message tonight, but that's what we are called to do. I would add the third statement, living life by a promise that is challenged by circumstances. Faith is living a life, uh, faith is living a life by the promises of God that are challenged by circumstances. Uh, God makes a promise. We ask how. We don't know how, but we know it will be His way. Uh, we ask when, and we don't know when, but it will be in His timing. And we're called to live by faith in the promises of God. Now, we often desire to go back on our faith in God or go back to the life that we had before uh, salvation and before we started living by faith. I want to explain why, what that pull is uh, to go back and not live uh, by faith, but to live uh, in a prison 
of, uh, of, of, of compromise, and not just compromise, uh, but complacency, just to be satisfied with the things of the world. Hey, folks, listen to me. I don't want to live a life of complacency. I want to live an exciting life by faith in the promises of God. That's what we're from the land of Egypt. And they had experienced a great deliverance from slavery and bondage in Egypt. As you read through the book of Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you find that they experienced a continual pull, a strange pull uh, back to the land of slavery, uh, back to bondage, and back to death. Now, why would they do that? Why would they, we look at them and say, why in the world would you want to go back to Egypt when Canaan is ahead? Now, that's easy for us to say because we can see Canaan. We can see the deliverance of God, but they couldn't. All they could see was the circumstances. All they could see was the difficulty. And it's easy for us to say they should have pressed on, but it's difficult for us to say, I'm going to press on even though I do not see a way to move forward in my life. The same thing of the children of Israel is true in our life. There is a strange pull that pulls us away from faith in God. Let me show you why. Take your Bibles and go to Exodus chapter 14. We'll start right there. Exodus chapter 14. And we're going to see, first of all, they desired the safety in Egypt. Now, when we look at Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 and 11, here's what's happened. Please give me your attention. I'll help you tonight whether you want me to or not if you listen uh, to the word of God. Here's the story. Here's the situation. They've been delivered from the land of Egypt. They get close to the Red Sea and they realize they can't get across the Red Sea. It appears they are trapped as Pharaoh's army is closing in on them with the purpose of killing them. I want you to notice what the Bible says in Exodus 14 and verse number 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to bury us forth? out of Egypt. Here's what they said. Before we move by faith in God, we may have been slaves, but we were safe. And to me, looking at the circumstance, the Red Sea ahead of me, Pharaoh's army closing in on me, I think it was best to live in Egypt, even though there was slavery, at least Pharaoh wasn't threatening to kill me. And that's what faith does to us. It leads us to a place in moving forward that we oftentimes see the circumstances. We're not supposed to live by circumstances. What's the promise? The promise was I brought you out of Egypt to deliver you into the land of Canaan. Here's what happens we forget the promise. I said, we forget the promises of God and it appears it's better to be safe in Egypt than to have my life threatened moving forward by faith. 
Now, we know the whole story, so it's easy for us to be critical of them and say, what's wrong with you folks? Don't you know God's going to part the water and you're going to walk across on dry land? Don't you know that God's going to take care of you? He promised he would, but what about when fear comes to us? What about when we turn on the news and that news story affects us? What about when it's our family's name on the prayer list? What about when it's one of our children that is in trouble? What about when the circumstances of our life are difficult? We're threatened to lose our place of employment. There's difficulty in circumstances that we don't know how it's going to turn out. And we say, you know what? If I'd have just stayed where I was and not moved forward by faith, I'd have been safe in Egypt. Yeah, you'd have still been a slave too. It is sad that Satan has so many people satisfied in the prison of complacency rather than enjoying the blessings of God. So they said, uh, we'd rather have the safety of Egypt. Second of all, we find uh, they desired the supply of Egypt. Go to chapter 16, if you will, please. Uh, Chapter 16, and notice, if you will, in verse number 2. In verse number 2. Exodus 16, 2, the Bible says, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the children of Israel said by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness, wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I want you to see the picture. Though they are slaves, they do have food to eat. Though they're slaves. Now you understand, Pharaoh didn't care about them. He cared about himself. And they were his equipment. They were his machinery. They were making money for him. He didn't care anything about them. He was taking care of his equipment. He was taking care of his producers. And so they had flesh to eat. They had water to drink. Faith leads them into the wilderness. And for a time, there is no bread. And for a time, there is no water. Don't miss it now. They see the circumstance and they forget the promise. So they begin to complain. They begin to murmur. And they ask the question, well, did you bring us out here to starve to death? You know, it had been better to have been a slave over here. At least we had food to eat. Now, wait a minute. You're forgetting the promise. The promise is God will provide. And what God wants you to do and the reason that we do without sometimes is God wants us to trust in him. There are many people that are disillusioned by God because they don't understand this matter of living by faith and trusting in God. They don't understand that there are times that my faith must be tested to see how strong it is in the promises of God. And that's exactly what happened. Now, you know, when they went to Moses, uh, Moses, uh, God told him, he said, smite the uh, rock uh, with the rod, and he did that, and the water came forth. Uh, They uh, uh, spoke to God about food, and he gave them manna from heaven, uh, fresh every single day. Uh, God gave them that angel food, and he took care of them. Now, I can criticize the children of Israel, but what about when I don't have what I need? Faith, circumstances, or is your conversation about the promises of God? May I say tonight, we can trust Him. 
The psalmist said in Psalm 37, 25, I've yet to see the seed of God forsaken or begging bread. Uh, Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter 4, writing from his prison cell, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It may be true that they would not have had to have a day without bread and water, and could have stayed in Egypt and enjoyed eating there, but who wants to live as a slave for Satan? Not me. I don't want to live as a slave for Satan. I want to know what God's will is for my life. I want to know what God's blessings are for my life. And so I step out by faith. That brings me into the wilderness, a tough circumstance. I must keep my mind on the promises of God so that the circumstances of God do not steal my faith. Go to chapter 32. They desired the gods of Egypt. They desired the gods of Egypt. In this chapter, uh, we find Moses, because Moses has gone up into the mountain. You understand that every time they have a need, they complain to Moses. Moses, we don't have any water. Moses goes to God. He comes back. He hits the uh, rock of Horeb with the staff, and the water comes forth. So every need they have, whether it's in the form of a request or a complaint, they tell Moses. Now they find out Moses is gone. Where's Moses? They said, Moses is in the mountain. Why is Moses in the mountain? Moses is meeting with God. Yes, but we don't have anybody we can see. We need to see our leader. We need to see Moses. Let's look at these verses, just a couple here. Uh, chapter 32, verse number 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up. Make us gods out of the land of Egypt. We wot not what is become of him. Folks, can I tell you something? In a time, in a time of difficulty, don't question the promises of God. Don't turn around and run. Just wait on the Lord. Now, here's what they did. They gathered their gold, their earrings, and their bracelets and all of that, and they made a calf just like they worshipped in Egypt, and they said, we'll worship that calf. We want to worship something we can see. We're just like that. We're challenged to do that. There are many folks, they worship what they see. They want to hold on to what they have because that brings more confidence than trusting in a God that I can't see and living by promises. We talk about faith that we don't experience. We talk about faith that often we don't understand. We're called to live by the promises of God. You know in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, some of those folks served God and they never did receive a blessing on earth. Some of them died a martyr's death. But you know what they did? They held on to the promises of God and they said, though I may not receive the promise here, I'll receive it over there. And I was not made to glorify myself. I was made by God to glorify the God that made me. And he doesn't have to fulfill his promise here. He can fulfill it in heaven. That's what living by faith is. Boy, we get too frustrated at God. We get mad at God too quick. I, I mean, we get upset at God. If something's behind, I'd rather drive 30 minutes uh, to another restaurant than wait five in line, hadn't you? That's the way we are. And we end up eating something that nobody else wanted to eat either. That's why nobody was in the line to the second place we went. 
I want to say tonight, have faith in the promises of God. Have faith in the promises of God. Don't let the circumstance drown out the promise that God has given you. Don't let the circumstance cause you to forget what God has already done. He delivered them from the land of Egypt. He brought them out with a high hand. He did bring them across the Red Sea. He did drown Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. How many times has God been good to us? How many times has God blessed at God? And we say, it was better before I started living by faith. No, it isn't. It isn't. I don't want to live in the prison of complacency. I want to live in the will of God by faith in the promises of God. Let's talk about church. We're not where I had expected, desired, or wanted to be right now. I would much rather be in the new building over there, uh, the next building. We have the conference this week. It rained all day Tuesday. It rained all day Wednesday. I told them if they'd come back this week, it'd be dry, but they didn't agree to that. And, uh, uh, but it was just difficult. Folks trying to eat outside. It would have been better had we had that building finished. We were supposed to have. I promised you it would. I told you it would be. God said, you let me make the promises. And you live by faith in me. Sometimes those circumstances the old devil gets on your shoulder and he says you're not a leader at all. You failed. You failed the people and things didn't turn out the way you planned. But I understand tonight the devil is not in control. Circumstances are not in control. Those are to cause me to look to the God of heaven and have faith in God. I say to those you tonight that are watching online, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't focus on the circumstances. Focus on the promises of God. Take your Bibles. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. We find that they desired the stability that they had in Egypt. Numbers 21, go to verse number 4 here, verse number 4. Deuteron uh, numbers, Numbers 21, 4. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. They were discouraged because of the way. What does that mean? It was difficult traveling. Maybe it was hot. Maybe it was slow. Maybe there was sickness. It was difficult because of the way that they traveled. I read that and reminds me of when I was, I, I, I was going, I believe, to Arkansas. Enough, so you had to get a GPS to tell you when to turn and when to turn around and go back. And, 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 and I looked at the map and there was a shortcut. And it was about, oh, and half an inch where I was going. But the road I was taking was an inch and a half all the way around. Have you ever been on that road? I mean, there were places, it wasn't hardly two lanes. I, I'm telling you, it took twice as long to go half the distance. took twice as long to go half the distance. It was a hard way. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They were, they were discouraged because of the way. Look at verse number 5. And the people spake against Moses, I'm sorry, against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. Notice their faith is challenged when the way gets difficult. They thought it was too tough. They thought it was too hard. They said it was better 
when we were in Egypt. I want to say it again. I'm not living in the prison of complacency. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and see what the devil wants to do with my life. I'm going to wake up in the morning and claim the promises of God and live by faith. Now, the way may not be easy, the way may be difficult, may be hard, but I want to tell you, I don't want to let the circumstances blind me of the promises of the land of Canaan. But because of the way, they begin to complain. Let me give you this statement. I've got to move forward. When you lose sight of the shepherd, you'll grow weary of the way. We're supposed to follow the shepherd. Keep your eyes on the shepherd, and when you lose sight of the shepherd, you're going to grow weary of the way. Sometimes he leads us through the green pastures. Sometimes he leads us beside the still waters. Other days he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. But thank God he leads us. I'd rather be with him led through the valley of the shadow of death than to be on the highway of ease and faith on the promises of God. Deuteronomy 127. Deuteronomy 127, you say, preacher, there's 66 books in the Bible. We're just in the fifth one. How long is this sermon? I'll tell you in an hour and a half. I'm just kidding. I'm looking at the watch here. Uh, Deuteronomy 127. Here they despise God in their life. They despise God. Look at it. And you murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. I look at the children of Israel and say, what in this world are you talking about? Don't you know God has prepared a land flowing with milk and honey? Don't you know that the land of Canaan is a blessed and wonderful land? Yes, you have to come by the Amalekites, but God will give you the victory. Remember the promise of God. Keep marching forward. But you know what they do? They begin to despise God. And you know what they say? God, you're not fair. It's just not right for you to make us go through this tough time. Well, look at those folks. They don't even go to church. Look at those folks. They, they, they don't even think about you. They don't have a hard time. By the way, you don't know what kind of hard time they have because the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. Now, you may think because uh, somebody without Christ is living in a nice house or driving a nice car or having a big time somewhere, you may think that's a better life than you being in the will of God, going through a time of difficulty. I want you to know that the, uh, that per perspective is of the devil and he's lying to you. It's not better to live the way of the transgressor. The way of the transgressor is hard. I'll not live in the prison of complacency. I want to live in the will of God, even though there is some difficulty along the way. I never want to despise God. I don't want to ever complain or tell God, you're not fair. You want to talk about being fair? You better hope God doesn't give us what we deserve. We better hope God isn't fair with us because if we got what we deserve, we go to a devil's hell. If we got what we deserve, friend, we wouldn't have what we have. How dare us to despise the God that delivered us from Egypt? How dare us to despise the God that has cared for us all along the way? We come of God, not the sword. And we begin to complain. Oh, no, 
Keep your mind on the promises of God, not the circumstances around you. Then we see Israel dies to Egypt. There are two groups. Some of them die in the wilderness. Some of them die to the old land in their heart. And they live in the promised land of Canaan. Deuteronomy 14, please. Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14, I want you to look at verse number 3. For 40 years, they wander in the wilderness. Think about it. They wander in the wilderness longing for the pleasures of Egypt. Oh, I wish I was back at the flesh pots. I wish I was, and whoever said this is crazy, I wish I could go back to leeks, onions, and garlic. There's halitosis prescription right there. Whoever said that lost their mind. They, they, they said, we'd rather go back to the safety. How sad it is, delivered in the wilderness, longing to be in Egypt. Please listen to me. While I may be going through the, through the wilderness, I don't want my longings to be in Egypt. I want my longings to be in Canaan. I want to stay hungry for the victorious Christian life. Numbers 14, let's look at verse number 22. There's a lot of verses here. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to skip, there's, there's 22 verses. I'm not going to read all of those verses that are there. Uh, I said Deuteronomy, it's Numbers 14 anyway. Numbers 14, you confuse me. Uh, numbers 14, look at verse number 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt. Now, you know what happened to most of this crowd? They died in the wilderness. Now, think about it. They had to go back to Egypt. But then there were those that died in the promised land and forgot all about Egypt because they kept their mind on the promises and not the circumstances. Look at verse number 30. Numbers 14.30 Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephthah, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in. I don't want to live my life going through the difficulties, the circumstances of the wilderness with my heart longing for Egypt. I want to keep my mind filled with the promises so my heart longs for Canaan. It's interesting to note that after Israel crossed Jordan and entered the promised land, there is never a mention anymore about going back to Egypt. I want to say it again. Tune me back in. Turn me back on. It is interesting to note that after they crossed the Jordan and they walked in the land of Canaan, there's never a mention of saying, 
I miss the flesh pots, the water, the leeks, the garlics, the onion, the safety. They're never mentioned again. Folks, listen to me. And, and, and Canaan is not just a picture of heaven. Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life. If we'll keep our mind on the promises of God and not the circumstances and believe that God not only can, but God will. If you're that Christian tonight that wished they were living back in Egypt, oh, I want to challenge you tonight. Pursue the promises of God and get your heart and mind on the land of Canaan. Stand with me if you will. God never calls us to turn back. Sometimes God says to stand still. But that's only a preparation to move forward. Don't live thinking, well, my life was a lot better before I started going to church and started living by faith. And boy, there's so many challenges and so many things. Well, I don't want my heart and mind to be on Egypt. I want to be on the land of Canaan. Once I get to the victorious Christian life, I would never say, you know, I'd rather have leaks than answered prayers. I'd rather have onions than to have God's blessings in my life. God's been good to us this week. I, I know of eight or ten folks this week, God's answered prayers that you have said and we have said together, it's nothing short of a miracle. Let's keep our mind on the promises of God. Heavenly